Hello, welcome to the most dangerous podcast. How are you, James? Are you well? Uh, uh, well, I am now, yeah. Sorry about last week. Um, I had a bit of a chest infection, so I couldn't make it, but um, I've been to the doctors and it's all sorted, so yeah, I'm back. Fantastic. Ready, ready to rock and roll, but I understand that you've not been too well this week either, so it was a bit of a struggle for you. I know, I know, and I, I had to put, we had to put out our shameful clip show last week, uh, um, and uh, and I thought that's fine, right? Okay, James will be James will be better, and then uh, I think the clip show went out on Sunday, and I started to feel ill, and I thought, shit. Yeah. I, I, we're going to have to record this week because we really are um, by the the skin of our arse now. We're we are, yeah. This. And it's, it's going out in a couple of days. It's late in the week and we've got no backup yeah. episodes, so we really need to crack on really, ah, don't we? Um Thankfully I'm feeling I'm 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 better. I wouldn't say I'm fully better. I'm well enough to do a podcast and that's, that's good to hear. Uh, it's your one this week, so all the all the stress is on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well uh, <laughs> I'm I'm a bit miserable at the moment. Well, it's this time of year, isn't it? Like it is. Yeah. It's fucking awful, to be honest. Yeah. It's freezing. And I do this every year, right? So, mm-hmm. I I used to work from home when the COVID lockdown and stuff was in, uh, and then I moved jobs, and there was talk of me continuing to work from home, but that yeah. kind of sort of got swept under the carpet and stuff. So cur- currently, I work in an office where some people work from home, some people don't. Now, unfortunately, I'm one of those people that has to go in every single day, and, yeah. I, get, and, I, and I absolutely resent. The people that work from home, particularly <laughs> like this time of year. So, mm-hmm. like the other morning, I like it. We had about an inch of snow, maybe less than that, maybe not an inch, not loads, but enough yeah. to like it's Britain. So it completely just cripples the country when you even get just a sprink, sprinkling of snow. So I went, went out in the morning, like half eight, quarter past eight, freezing, mm-hmm. cars covered in snow, couldn't find the scraper. Oh, so I'm like dusting off all this snow with like one of my kids mittens i use a bank card <laughs> yes yeah, so, you know just anything just to, sat in the car for like 20 minutes while it warmed up just yeah. like absolutely shaking can't even touch the steering wheel because it's freezing mm-hmm. i managed to get myself into work just on time because of all that messing about and i just thought i can't do this anymore yeah. so i spent the first sort of 45 minutes i was like i hate the weather i hate my job because i'm not working from home mm-hmm. so i spent like the first sort of 45 minutes just looking for jobs in like hot places <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, a job in dubai that'll do me gibraltar but, stuff gibraltar, like that. yeah yeah absolutely i just hate it man. i just hate hate being cold yeah oh another thing came up this week actually and i'd like your opinion on this go on so i um because i'm busy you know mm-hmm. got kids got jobs and think that our job uh do other things as well Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I'm partial to a microwave meal. I'm not, oh yeah, I'm ashamed to say. You know, I, I had a microwave pizza for my lunch today. Oh, one of those Chicago towns. Ones. No, this is a, this is an Aldi jobby. Oh really? Yeah. It's, yeah. Do you know those Chicago town ones? Yes. I think I don't know if they've changed them. They don't do. They're not very good in the microwave anymore. Yeah, and the sauce isn't spicy. It used to be a little bit spicy. Yeah, if you do them in the oven, they're dead. Not. I prefer them in the yeah. oven, even though they take about twenty-five minutes. Yeah. Anyway. Going off course. So yeah, sometimes I am partial to a, a microwave meal. I'm ashamed, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm ashamed to say. Now the other day I got myself like one of these Chinese ones, mm-hmm. and it's like it was like a cashew and peanut sauce noodle type thing. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Uh, it was quite a decent size. It said it, it says it was for two, but it, it wasn't. Like, you, know, you might just polish one of them off easy. Yeah. Yeah. And my partner, she saw it. 
and she said to me, well, I'm, I'm cooking um, a piece of salmon for my tea. Mm-hmm. Do you mind if I have some of the sauce out of your microwave meal for my salmon? What? Did you, that's not all right, is it? No, that's, that's not okay, no. <laughs> so that's what I said. I was like, yeah. no. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, you can't do that. No, yeah. sure, stealing my sauce. She's like, yeah, but there's loads. It's for two. It says it's for two. Like, it's only a bit of sauce, like a couple yeah. of spoons of sauce. God. I was like, yeah. yeah. Of- I'm with you on that one. I'm with you on that one. Chicago Town, now, as we know, I'm quite a pizza connoisseur. Microwave them for a minute and a half, and then you can blast them in the oven for five minutes. That's a good idea. Well, what about, like, I've not done this, but it just sort of jumped in my mind then. So if you yeah. microwave them for like a minute, yeah. and then throw them in the air fryer, that might work. Yeah, I've done that. The only problem is the the bottom um, doesn't crisp as well in the air fryer as it does. Uh, the right, no, oh, yeah, soggy bottom. You don't want that. There you go. But, yeah, you can do them five minutes in the oven if you microwave them a little bit first. Ooh, right, yeah. I'll bear that in mind. This is fucking groundbreaking. Really. <laughs> yeah, don't forget to subscribe. Yeah, yeah subscribers <laughs> dropping off. Fucking clip show, and then they're talking about microwave pizzas. <laughs> yeah, um, right. Okay, let's get cracking then, shall yeah, we? Yeah, what have you got for us this week, James? So we've got another suggestion this week. Uh, surprisingly oh. enough, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's two in a row. Um, oh. If you don't count the clip show, um, and this one comes from a chap, a friend of ours called Sean. Hi, Sean. Hi, Sean. Long, yeah. long time no speak for me. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I don't think he listens to the podcast. He <laughs> just knows that we do it. But he's, he does our T-shirts, you see, so yeah. he knows that he does. So he, we were having, I was having a chat with him, mm-hmm. um, and I said, oh, yeah, we're looking for suggestions, to be honest. And we're going to do sort of various things. But at the moment, uh, when suggestions come in, we, we will honour them, and we will do suggestions. So what, what do you reckon? Would you, have you got anything you want to do? Um, and he says it's, it's quite topical at the moment. Um, because the Africa Cup of Nations is on. I don't know if you know, the, the football tournament in Africa um, is currently taking place. So he said, why don't you do something about AFCON? Why don't you do AFCON? Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, fair enough. Um, but, you know, what, what What do you mean AFCON? Like, it's most dangerous, what, players, teams, <laughs> nations? So he just turned around to me and said, I don't fucking know, it's your podcast, mate. <laughs> so it's not really a suggestion. He's just said some words. Push you in a direction. He's pushed me in a direction. So this week we're going to be talking about the African Cup of Nations. Excellent, excellent. I can't wait. Afcon, it's it's a it's a weird thing to me because, like, all I know it is is that annoying tournament that takes some of my players away. Ah, that's uh, we kind of need them. An interesting comment because this is what I will come on to this actually. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Um, I'm glad you said that. Because uh, it's something we'll, we will discuss a bit later yeah. uh, on in the evening. So, Africa. <laughs> in Africa, has got 54 countries. Um, there's over a thousand languages spoke, and it contains 1.2 billion people. Oh um, it always amazes me how many people just think Africa's a country. <laughs> This is what I was just about to move on to. I, it oh. gets such bad press here in the mm-hmm. West. Um, you know, bad things happen in Africa. Um, mm-hmm. Poverty, famine, war, uh, exploitation, you know. But when you see it on the news, I think a lot of people kind of go, well, well, that's Africa. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, it, 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 there's like a, a 
a distorted image of it just being completely run down and, and people mm-hmm. everyone just lives in absolute poverty, which is incorrect. Yeah. Um I think there's also a bit of a distorted image about Africa that some people now I'm gonna to touch on subjects here that people might not agree with me on and, and we might get a bit of, bit of comeback on it, but I think some people perhaps think that or there is a distorted image of Africa that mm-hmm. if it wasn't for the colonization colonialization sorry of, of the continent that it, it would still actually be in the dark ages and, and the west saved africa you know yeah yeah um there is this kind of sort of underlying thing that you see on the news every now and then there's been a military coup and it's like oh well that happens in africa you know yeah 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 but it seems to be forgotten that it's so huge and it's so vast and there's so many nations Mm-hmm. Um, like you say, I think a lot of people do just view it as one big block, like a country in itself, you know, uh, yeah, that's Africa. Yeah, just starving Marvin. Uh, yeah, yeah, with yeah. With like some lions and that's what a lot of people think of. Absolutely, yeah, but you think like Tunisia right in the, at the north, Yeah, uh, all the way down to South Africa, <clears throat> excuse me, um, that's a bigger distance than Australia to India wow. or like London to New York. And you actually look, you're talking about people saying, you know, the West saved Africa and they'd still be, you know, running about in the, the jungles and all these sorts of things, the stereotypes, but the Egyptians were one of the most advanced civilizations yeah, thousands this, of years ago. Yeah, there's little, it's, it's lots um, of wealth in Africa. It just perhaps oh, yeah. gets filtered to the wrong people, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I say, it's not, not everybody thinks this. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying mm-hmm. that there might be some views or some opinions somewhere that that's, that's how yeah. it stands. Um, and, and like I say, it's a huge, vast continent. Mm-hmm. Um, but then one, one bad thing happens somewhere yeah people just go well africa you know yeah so that would be like if people you know say there's trouble in estonia or lithuania people going oh typical europe well exactly yeah you know you've got the war in ukraine at the moment yeah um in the 90s that it was the um it was the Yugoslavian War, the wasn't it? Yugoslavian there? War, yeah. Loads yeah. of shit happened there. But then, like you say, it's like people from who aren't living in Europe going, mm-hmm. well, that's Europe. They always have wars there, don't they? Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's a similar sort of thing. And I think whilst we go through this discussion and this journey, mm-hmm. I think that's something to perhaps keep in, keep in mind, maybe. And yeah, well, we'll see where we go. Yeah, yeah. So AFCON, which is mm-hmm. what we're going to talk about, uh, is the Africa Cup of Nations, and it's a t- football tournament uh, similar to you know, the European Cup or mm-hmm. the, um, what's the Copa America, the South American one. Yeah, so yeah. it's where all the nations of that tournament get together, go through qualifying, get together, and then have a big game of footy, a big mm-hmm. kick about. Um, the first tournament was in 1957. Right. That's uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so nearly 70-odd years. Mm-hmm. Um, at the first tournament, there was only three participating yeah. nations. Uh, yeah, Egypt, Sudan, and Ethiopia. Wow. Um, South Africa were going to play in it, mm-hmm. um, but everyone fucked them off because of the apartheid. So they were like, no. Yeah, they, really. had a, they had a few troubles down there, didn't they? Uh, they did, yeah. They were yeah. Bad, bad racists, so they just went, no, I'm not having you in this. So since then, the tournament, has, as all international tournaments seem to have mm-hmm. expanded greatly, you know, um, and now there's actually a qualifying tournament before the main tournament. Um, right. Yeah, so it was in 1998, it was 16. And then yeah. in 2017, 
uh, it then expanded to 24. Wow. So yeah. 2014. Yeah. yeah. So it's, so it's a big tournament. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Egypt <clears throat> is the most successful nation in the cup's history. Is it? Yeah. They've won it seven times. Wow. Um, and they've also won it an unprecedented three consecutive times. Uh, in 2006, 2008, and 2010. Wow! So is it every two years? Yeah, it must be. Yeah, yeah. Every two years, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. it, it was only two years ago that I remember we've. So I'm a Rangers fan, and you're Liverpool fan. And I know you lose players to it as well. It, it feels like you kind of lose players to it all the time. So it can't be every four years. Yeah, it must be. Yeah, yeah. every every two years, then yeah. yeah. Um, and the Asian Cup as well, because our rival Celtic have a lot of Asian players that seem to disappear off as well. So that must be every two years. That's going on at the moment at the same yeah. time, isn't it? Yeah. So it's kind of balanced it a little bit. Yeah, because um, well, Liverpool's got a Japanese player who's playing over. Yeah. Over there, because when I I heard that he was going, mm-hmm. I thought, that's weird. <laughs> He's not African. What's going on? <laughs> so yes. So yeah, there's the Asia Cup. So I suppose the uh, Asia Cup is the equivalent of the African Cup of Nations Absolutely. for Asia, yeah. So yeah, right. Um, so yeah, they must be every every two years. I don't know if I'd want the Euros every two years. It would feel less special. But yeah, maybe. When you said Egypt, I I would have if you'd have asked me who'd won it the most times, I would have probably had a stab at someone like Cameroon. Uh, yeah, right. yeah, Egypt. I know they've got like Salah now, but I can't really think of amazing Egyptian players from the past. I can't think. I, I, I mm. do have a couple of stats later on yeah. about the, the, the winners, but yeah, Egypt are up there with seven. Yeah. Um, so 2006, eight, and ten. That's not that's before Salah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it just goes to show how little knowledge we have about African football, <laughs> I suppose. I think that's that's the thing, isn't it? If you don't have an African player playing for you, you don't really yeah. notice it. It's only when it impacts your team personally that you start thinking, oh, okay. Yeah, that's it. So Afghan 2023, which is the one that's taking place at the moment, even mm-hmm. though it's 2024, yeah. uh, it's the 34th edition of the tournament, wow. uh, organised by the Confederation of African Football, or CAF, is the name right. for short. Uh, it's hosted by the Ivory Coast. Uh, it's the second time the Ivory Coast have hosted it. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time they did it in, was in 1984. Oh, wow. So initially, it was going to take place in the summer of 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the reason being is not to interfere with the sort of European club teams and competitions that are ongoing at the same time. Yeah. Um, but that was postponed. So in July 2022, Mm-hmm. The, there's a lot of adverse weather in the summertime in Ivory Coast. Oh, right. You know, it is in the middle of Africa, yeah. you know, I think quite near the equator. So they yeah. decided to change it and move it to the, to the winter. Right. The, the Northern Hemisphere winter. So it's currently taking place. Uh, it started on the 13th of January and it'll mm-hmm. be on, ongoing until the 11th of February. That's the final. Right. Uh, it's just basic, standard stuff now. So it, it's as a tournament usually is you know there's a there's a group stage six mm-hmm. groups of four uh top two proceed into the knockout stage uh, because the tournament's so big now there is an opportunity for third place mm-hmm. teams to go through so they go into like a mini league and then depending right. on their performance yeah, yeah. They, they then go on to the, the knockout and the knockout's the standard sort of round robin thing you know with the two yeah, sides yeah. of the draw and then they sort of knock each other out and get to the uh gets the final on the 11th mm-hmm. So just briefly, records 
as I mentioned, Egypt have won it the most times, seven. Uh, Cameroon, which you mentioned, have won it yeah. uh, five times. And Ghana have won it four times. Right. Um, See, I always think of, like, you know, you, I think of World Cups, and I can't think of many I've seen Egypt in, but Cameroon are usually there, Ghana. Yeah, Cameroon, like, famously in like, 1990 with Roger Miller. They, yes. They yeah. did well in that tournament, didn't they? And do you remember they had that kit? It had no sleeves. The sleeveless kit, yeah. <laughs> FIFA wouldn't. They, I'm sure they've played African Cup of Nations games in it, but FIFA wouldn't let them wear it in the World Cup. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. They, they weren't allowed it. I thought that was um, pretty cool, man. Yeah, yeah. I suppose it, it's warm there, isn't it? But yeah. Um, yeah, Ivory Coast as well. They they had a smashing team a few years ago, didn't they? Yeah, like Drogba, and there was a few others, wasn't there? But I yeah, think from read what I read, like Drogba never really. Did any, anything in the uh, mm-hmm. African Cup of Nations? He was always um, the, sort of this superstar, global superstar. And he was always expected yeah. to you know, d- d- make an impact. But whenever he played in the tournament, he never really did anything. Uh, so uh, Egypt in 1957, Ghana in 1963, and South Africa in 1996 all won the competition on the debut appearance. Oh wow! Uh, Samuel Etu, do you remember him? Yeah, yeah. He was good, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, so he's the competition top scorer with 18. Mm-hmm. Not in one tour. This is over uh, six tournaments. So he's so from not... Cameroon? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he didn't score 18 in one go. He's mm-hmm. between 2000 and 2010. Yeah. Uh, and he's also got the, the, the record for attending the most tournaments in six. Right. Did he play uh, for Liverpool? No, we were, I think we looked to sign him at some point. Yeah, there was always rumours, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, he, went to, he was at Barcelona for a bit. And was yeah. Into Milan as well, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he was a legend, still is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he's played in six tournaments. Um, a few others have played in six tournaments as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, you know my record for pronouncing names, so I'll give these a go. Uh, Kalusha Bayala, Zambia, yeah. Andre Ayu, I know him, and Asamoah Gayan. Um, and they've all scored in six separate AFCON tournaments. Right. Uh, what else have I got here? Just for context, for a bit of knowledge, so you can tell all your friends about <laughs> AFCON records. <laughs> uh, uh, Rigobert Song, he's a Liverpool player. Yes, Cameroon. I remember him. Yeah. Um, Ahmed Hassan of Egypt. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've they've appeared. So hang on, I've got this wrong here. Samuel Leto and all those other players that I mentioned, Andrew mm-hmm. Ayu, they've all scored in six separate tournaments. Right. right? So that's that's that record. Mm-hmm. Rigobert Song and Ahmed Hassan, so Song of Cameroon, Hassan of Egypt, mm-hmm. they've all they've both appeared in eight separate competitions. Right. So they've got the record for the most appearances, where the other players I mentioned have got the record for scoring in the most tournaments. Right. Okay. Right? Clear. Yeah, yeah. Sleep good. He's not, fall, he's not falling asleep on me yet? No? no not yet, no. Right, good. Uh, and Egypt, finally, Egypt have hosted the most competitions yeah. uh, with five, the last being 2019. Is there any correlation with winning it and being the host, or is the host just chosen randomly? It's not like Eurovision or anything, no? No, no, I think it's just they do like a draw and stuff, and you can right. read the, um, apply for it and things like that. I think you... I did read somewhere that Cameroon were going to host one quite recently, but they couldn't yeah. do it because they they couldn't build the stadiums in time and stuff. Like that. Yeah, um, very so good. There's, there's, your, there's your stats and your figures, so you can take them away and do whatever you want with them. Put them in the bin yeah. if you want. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, we'll be yeah, 
Okay, um, that was interesting. Um, no, it wasn't. But anyway, <laughs> it was interesting actually. It was. It, I've I've learned stuff because, like you said, I think we're a bit ignorant to it. Like I, I would mm-hmm. never have thought of Egypt as being, you know, the the best in the tournament, and you know. Um, yeah, I was a little bit surprised at that as well because, like you say, Cameroon. Um, I think have got perhaps a. What do you think? A bigger, a bigger reputation. Ivory Coast. You mentioned Drogba, but then you, you, you yeah. know, Torre, Colatore, and all them. You know. Do you remember in the nineties? It was like. Nigeria, we're going to win the World Cup. Yeah, Nigeria as well. Like, yeah, the, they they were a big, big didn't team. They? Yeah, and, uh, um, I think that was Pele. Pele was like, oh yeah, in, like in the two thousands, an African team's going to win the World Cup. Never happened. Okay, so I know I've done quite a bit of talking, um, so I'm going to mm-hmm. show you a question. And now it's not a trick question. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to go. Ah, oh, state of you. You know. It's a question, just a hypothetical question, and we'll come and revisit it at the end of the podcast. Okay. Right. So, this, I've got a gun to your head, right? Okay. And there's two games of football that are going to take place in about five minutes, mm-hmm. and you've got no choice. You've got to watch one of them. Okay. Well, the first one is Mexico against Germany. Mm-hmm. That's on channel one, and on channel two, it's Morocco against Senegal. Which one are you going to watch? Well, the obvious answer, and I think the answer that you're probably expecting is Mexico against Germany. Right, okay. Because it, it seems more glamorous. But yeah, right. I also don't know any Moroccan or Senegalese players. Okay, right. So, uh, Except I do, because our best player is from Senegal just now. Yeah, Amani as well. Sadio Amani. I'm sure Big Seamus from Senegal. Right, so uh, I know FIFA FIFA rankings don't really mean that much, mm-hmm. um, you know, in the grand scheme of things. But they do give a general gauge to the sort of ability of a team, I suppose. Or you know, yeah, it's a, it might not be exact, but you can kind of go, well, they're good. Uh, so this might surprise you a little bit. So Mexico are ranked 15 in the FIFA mm-hmm. rankings, and Germany are ranked 16. Okay, uh, Morocco are ranked 13. And Senegal are ranked twenty. Mm-hmm. So, on the FIFA rankings, Morocco are a better team than Germany at the moment, and yeah. Mexico as well. Uh, Senegal are slightly below the, the Mexico and Germany teams. Yeah. So, as I say we'll, we'll come back to it, but I just think it's quite interesting that you've you've picked maybe with your arm twisted behind your back a little <laughs> bit uh, the Mexico Germany one because yeah you mentioned yeah well it's the more glamorous one but yeah. In view, in the view of the FIFA ranking system, the two, the two, well, the four sides are all pretty similar, similarly and similarly uh, have the same sort of ability. So, anyway, we, we will come back to this. I'm yeah. just trying to sort of make a, a point. I have just looked it up. Rangers' best flair player from this season, uh, Abdullah Sima, is actually from Senegal. So, right. if, there, would, Senegal, <laughs> there would have been a chance I would have watched that just because. He's the one player for my yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. So you've got like a, vest, a vested interest in it. Yeah, but six months ago, I would never have picked that game. I would have gone for the Germany-Mexico. Yeah, right, okay, good. That's good to know, yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, that's kind of what I was going for anyway. So I'm yeah, glad you picked yeah. the right one for the purposes <laughs> of this experiment. Um, um, so, <coughs> anything else you want to add? Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, I do know what you're kind of getting at with that, but... 
you know, and I do think the World Cup, which is where you see all these teams mix, and some of the games involved in the African nations are brilliant. I remember some amazing games with Ghana, and mm-hmm. um, do you remember the World Cup? Uh, Liverpool bought a couple of players in the back of it, where Senegal, Senegal, yeah, like, El Hadj Diouf. Oh yeah, yeah we had absolutely him. blinding World Cup in 2002, and I thought we were about buying an absolute beast, and he, he yeah. was shit. He's like one of the worst players that's ever played for Liverpool. Yeah. We, we signed him and we knew he was shit then. <laughs> He'd already been at Liverpool and proved was, to everyone he was shit. And we he still was just signed a thug. Him for a bit. He was, yeah. It's like this isn't anything to do with him being from Africa. He was just a bad dick. Like, yeah. You know, Some of the, the ex Rangers players just say he was just a dick in real life as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, just uh, annoyed that seems everyone. to be sort of like a, a common theme running through his career. Everyone's yeah, going, yeah. he's a bad dick. Him. Like, um, Anyway, so moving on. Mm-hmm. So before the tournament started, I sent you um, a message, a WhatsApp message, and it was a tweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you remember. Um, it was about a chap mm-hmm. called uh, Gilor Kanga. Yes. Do you remember? Do you remember what it, what it said? Not really, no. Okay, well, it was something along the lines that he's, he was being investigated mm-hmm. uh, because he claimed that he was born in 1990. Oh, uh, which, yes, 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 I yeah. remember it now. So he said that he was born in 1990, but his mum died in 1986. <laughs> yes. Right, okay. So uh, Kanga, he's an attacking midfield player. He currently mm-hmm. plays for Red Star Belgrade, uh, and he's the mem- he's a member of the uh, Gabon squad, who are currently right. Okay. Um, yeah, as I say, I've, I've seen it. You've probably seen, you probably mm-hmm. saw it as well, like, as well as me sending you that message. Yeah, it's been yeah. everywhere. It's been all in the press and everything like that. So I, I thought this was like quite a good starting point because I didn't know what to do about Afcon, you know, mm-hmm. I really didn't know how what angle to take on it. I thought this one might be a quite a good sort of starting point. Um, yeah. You know, there's often there's issues surrounding people's birthdays and birth dates mm-hmm. with African players. Uh, so I thought I'll have a look into this and I'll see what it's about. So mm-hmm. <laughs> on face value, it looks like oh, this is hilarious. This is he doesn't even know yeah. when he was born, like stupid. So the story itself. I've looked at and investigated. It's actually three years old. It's a three-year-old right. story. It comes from 2021, mm-hmm. and I'll give you some sort of context to it, some background. So, in April 2021, uh, the Congolese Football Federation mm-hmm. um, issued legal proceedings against uh, Gabon, uh, right. so the team that, that Kang is playing for, uh, and they claimed that they had evidence that he was in fact four years older, uh, and he was born in, in Congo. To Congolese parents, and he was ineligible to ineligible to play for Gab, uh, Gabon. Mm-hmm. Um, they said that Gabon had uh, given him a fake birth certificate uh, and citizenship just so that he could play for that team. Right. So now, in con- again, in context, mm-hmm. the, the motive for this, as far as I can see, is that Congo had missed out in qualifying for Afcon. Right. By a point behind Gabon. Ah. Right. And they, they, I think the view was that they hoped if they could, if they could prove mm-hmm. that Kanga was ineligible to play for Gabon, that, that Gabon would be deducted points, and then Conga would qualify right. instead. Right. Can I? Sorry to interrupt, but can I actually ask what what makes someone's nationality? So let's say a seven-year-old kid uh, comes over on an aeroplane from South Korea. No parents and Britain give him a passport mm-hmm. and say, right, well, you can just be British 
because we don't know where you're from because you've got no birth certificate, no passport. We're going to make you British. What would FIFA do when he became 18 and England said, right, do you want to play for us? Well, if he's a citizen, if he's got citizenship, then yeah. he's eligible to play for England then, isn't he? So if Gabon had given this guy citizenship, I don't I don't get how you can actually say... Yeah, yeah, well, not, well, that, well that, not from that, that country. That, yeah, I mean, they don't have the sort of the legal position. Yeah. I mean, certain countries, <clears throat> you have to go through certain yeah. procedures and regulations to qualify for citizenship. Yeah. So I, I'm guessing that what Congo were claiming was that mm-hmm. he was perhaps rushed through and they just yeah. said, oh, just, just have a just be one of us like you know i think they'd have to prove that at some stage he had a congo passport and he well yeah yeah he had genuine congo documents and then they were scrubbed and then new ones made up for gabon well that's it i mean just going on the the claim was dismissed anyway by CAF in 2021 so it's not even it might be true i mean even if it's true right i think this is the point that i'm trying to make even if it's true it doesn't fucking matter like (laughs) there's no age requirement for AFCON like it's not an under 21 tournament yeah yeah. he can be 30 he can be 55 it doesn't Uh matter at all like how old he is yeah you know if he's got citizenship for Gabon and Uh he's playing for him it doesn't matter how old he is it just seems that you know that you know, Kong has obviously got some ulterior motive to try and get yeah, themselves yeah. into this competition. Just looking for something. Just looking for something. But mm-hmm. the problem I've got with this is that we didn't see any of that. I saw that tweet. I thought, that's <laughs> quite funny, isn't it? Like, Because you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, this happens all the time, doesn't it? Typical Africa. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And this is the point that I'm trying to make. It's not typical Africa. It's typical Western media. Yeah. push this kind of narrative to go oh that's crazy that look how stupid yeah. they are like they don't even know when they were born this is mad but if you get the context mm-hmm. and you get the background to it and you start looking into it properly yeah none of it's relevant it, it, it's stupid <laughs> I, you know I did it because I thought it was fun. I thought oh, look at that phrase that's well funny yeah but, you know actually thinking about it it's nonsense like why is that the main one of the main stories that's surrounding this tournament that but, some dude is perhaps <laughs> Yeah, okay, if he's lied about his age, yeah. there, there are serious there are legal repercussions about that. But in terms of the AFCON actual tournament itself, mm-hmm. this isn't a sports story. You know, This isn't sports news. Yeah. This is a nonsense. And but that's all we hear about this tournament. It's yeah. mad. But do you remember Roger Miller? I mean, every time you read the story, he was older in the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. Roger Miller apparently was in his fifties in the last World Cup and stuff like that because there yeah, were disputes absolutely. about his birthday and stuff like that. And but why some... is that important in the context of a World it doesn't Cup matter. Or, or an Afghan uh, for nations? It do- it doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm that's sure the, a... that's the story that was doing the rounds. Yeah. Look at this guy. He said he was, he was born after his mum died. That's funny, isn't it? That's weird. But that's the the story is ha ha crazy African guy tells everyone he was born three years after his mum died. That that's the way it's presented. Yeah, but that's not the story at all. No, the story is there was a claim yeah. from a. a country whose mm-hmm. nose have been put out of joint because they've missed on, out on qualifying for a tournament and yeah. they um, issued legal proceedings because mm-hmm. they thought that something was wrong which by the way was three years ago you know so it's not even relevant yeah. today and the claims have been dismissed anyway 
Yeah, so it wasn't an under-18s tournament or anything. Yeah, that yeah that's it, exactly. If it was like an under-12s and he rocked up and he's 34, then yeah, maybe there might be some questions yeah. asked. It's got no relevance to whether he can play for Gabon in, in Afghan at all. Yeah. See, I, I remember there was... Um, I can't remember who it was. A, a Scottish player. Like like Colin Hendry or someone said, I haven't retired playing for Scotland, but they just haven't picked me for 20 years. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Never retired. They phone me tomorrow. I'll nip down and play. But, you know... <laughs> I just found that really interesting that there's, you know, the, the angle that some media outlets have kind of gone down. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, the focus should be about the tournament and the football, yeah. you know, and a celebration of, of that. But it's rather right though, is look at this daft African guy, yeah, look yeah. at this stupid guy, yeah. like yeah. yeah, lying about who'd lie about their age. Well, no yeah. one. <laughs> so yeah, that's yeah, and so moving on from that, I mean, this is a similar sort of thread right mm-hmm. um now this is about the world cup i mean it does have some afcon links yeah and it's about an african team so it is relevant um and it's about uh, zaire a team called Z- a country zaire and the yeah. team in the 1974 1979 world cup were they playing brazil they were yeah so what do you know about I, i'm talking a lot so you tell me what you know about this i i know about the the mental free kick yeah, what yeah. happened? Um, they, they were in the wall. Brazil were getting ready to take the free kick and a Zaire lad ran out of the wall and just bluted it up the field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's um, the um, narrative around that? The narrative is that they didn't know the rules. Exactly. I, I believe that that's nonsense. Well, I'm going to tell you now, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm glad that you know about this. Because yeah. crazy Africans don't know how to play football. Exactly, right, yeah. Usual narrative, yeah. So the 1974 World Cup, Mm-hmm. Um, it's the West Germany won it. They beat the Netherlands in the final. Mm-hmm. It was when the Netherlands were just awesome. They were like yeah, to- yeah. the total football. They had uh, Johan Cruyff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think they've been coined as like one of the best teams never to win the World Cup and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, so the tournament went on. I don't. It's before our time, mm-hmm. so I don't know too much about the tournament. I didn't really have time to go. And it's not really relevant anyway. But I didn't have time to go into full detail about what happened yeah um but as you say perhaps the most iconic moment of that world cup is when that uh, zaire player dashed out of the wall um and just absolutely blasted <laughs> the ball like it, it seemed like it was for no reason and um yeah the narrative is he didn't know what he was doing yeah yeah so the, the chap's name was uh Wepi ilunga okay and he was a, a right back. Mwepi Alunga. Okay. Uh, he was a right back playing for Zaire. Mm-hmm. At the time, John Motson, the famous John Motson, the commentator, yeah. he called it a bizarre moment of African ignorance. Right. And it was brushed off as just ignorance. And, mm-hmm. you know, then, like you say, the narrative is this guy doesn't know what's going on. And he just. Yeah. You, you used to see it on, like, do you remember these programs? And, like, they put them on at Christmas and stuff, and it's like he used to get them as DVDs, like as a random gift, football bloopers with like Danny yeah, yeah. and stuff, and like John Bishop and shit like that. Yeah, <laughs> they, that was always on it. It's like, look at this guy; he doesn't know what's going on. But that's that's how I know it because I've seen it on YouTube. Look at this daft. Yeah, guy yeah, yeah, yeah. Sky One on Christmas. Doesn't morning. know what he's doing. Danny Baker, like, going wax yeah. lyrical about this guy, and you're like, yeah. and. 
to be fair and, and plus when you're watching that you're like young as well so you just go yeah. Ah, yeah, that must be it there's always right. the clip of the poor lad that keeps getting dropped off the stretcher <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 um but like in reality though to suggest <laughs> that like an international footballer yeah doesn't know the rules like that's just so disrespectful i think it's just oh, I know. it's just mm-hmm. i can't believe that the, the, I, I think i'm absolutely positive that people still think that's the case i that, I'm, I'm gonna tell you it's not right now i think most people that haven't looked into it but I, I just i'll be honest with you i i thought that was the case until yeah i did wasn't that long ago um it was before you said you were doing this. I can't remember what I was doing, um, but I remember reading about it, saying that, and I did read why he said he did it, but yeah. I can't remember what the reason was. Yeah, don't spoil it. Okay, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't because I can't remember. So, <laughs> right. okay, I'm, I'm so desperate we'll, for you to tell me. Yeah, we'll go into it because it's a, it's a, it's a fascinating mm-hmm. story, right? Yeah. So, uh, 1974, the World Cup, mm-hmm. um, Africa only had one representative. Uh, one team that could qualify. Right. Uh, so, given that only one team could get through, qualification was like brutal. You know, it's like everyone's trying to get to this World Cup. Uh, everyone thought Morocco would get through easily, um, but Zaire were, were a class apart. Um, they won all of their qualifying games in this little mini tournament, mm-hmm. uh, scored nine goals, conceding once, and they beat Morocco 3 0 along the way. So, after everyone was like, whoa, okay, well, Morocco were going to go and, and tear it up but they've just been beat 3-0 by this team so they're going to go and definitely definitely yeah see some magic here i'm just well, for, uh, i'm just looking at it actually scotland win their group <laughs> uh yeah i'm just about to say yeah so the, the draw wasn't kind the world cup draw wasn't kind to zaire mm-hmm. uh it put them in a group with brazil yugoslavia and scotland your beloved scotland were also yes. in their group but this is when scotland were good so mm-hmm. Yugoslavia yeah. were a hell of a team back then as well. Yeah, yeah. I think Yugoslavia had done really well in the previous tournament against yeah. the semi-finals. Uh, Scotland had the likes of Billy Bremner, Kenny Dalgish in their squad. Mm-hmm. Know, this is this is a Scotland team that were tipped to win the World Cup at some point. It was either this one or the one 78, after. 78, at least part an army. That's right. They were like yeah. you know, one of the best teams in the world at the time. Mm-hmm. So, poor Zaire, you know, they're getting put up against these absolutely brilliant teams. They were kind of hoping for a bit of an easier draw, but wasn't to be prior to the world cup so the Af- african cup of nations 1974 was held earlier in the year right uh, so they see told you it'd be relevant uh, <laughs> and zambia would actually uh, sorry zaire would actually go on to beat zambia in the final 2-0 right so it, 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 i found out this was a replay mm-hmm. i thought that was really weird it's not like a, an international tournament with a, a, fi- a replay of the final wow so yeah it was two all in the first leg and then um, Zaire went on beat him two, beat Zambia two 0 in the <laughs> in the replay. So they, so they were, you know, champions of Africa. Yeah, quite they, clearly no mugs. <laughs> exactly, a good yeah. team. To be <laughs> fair, you know, they'd just beaten Morocco, who were classed as a good team yeah. by a decent amount. They were champions of Africa. Um, I think at this time in world football, uh, like you think about now, right? <laughs> there's, I'd say, sort of maybe three or four different styles of football that people that teams play so yeah. you get like the long ball the Genga press type thing mm-hmm. um, and they're all back back in 1974 I'd say like 
nations had distinctive styles. Mm-hmm. You know, so like you know, the total football of, of Holland and the Netherlands, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Brazil, sort of samba style type thing. Oh, um, where? Yeah, so then like Zaire had this kind of style, mm-hmm. which was like kind of a quick, punchy, attacking style, sort of quick yeah. movement, um, a bit of, a lot of flair. And from according to reports, Scotland, when they played their first game against Scotland, mm-hmm. it was a bit, a bit of a shock to them. They weren't expecting it. They were thinking, oh, we'll just rock up. We shouldn't be any problems here. <laughs> Again, the arrogance of it, but never mind. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so they were a bit taken back, uh, taken back by the, the ability of this team. Yeah. I mean, they did go on and win sort of 2-0. Mm-hmm. Um, but Zaire put a, on a, a good performance mm-hmm. um, and the sort of media and stuff all praise like, well done that's a good result good result for you pat on the head you know well done yeah. <laughs> you didn't get beat by that much you didn't get beat. yeah exactly it's i think i'd probably have made mm. that bit up but anyway there was a lot of praise for him they were doing quite well it did unfortunately go a bit wrong for them though mm. um and it wasn't because because of the media or the press uh it was because of Isaiah's dictator um yeah, President Mabutu. Ah. So he wasn't too happy that Zaire got beat. Right. Uh, now I, I looked into his sort of his rise to power, and it's not really appropriate for the podcast. It's not yeah, what we're talking yeah. about. Um, but it's worth it's it is worth looking into if you're into mm-hmm. war and stuff. <laughs> yeah. who's, who's into war? He wasn't uh, a very nice man. It, the usual dictatorship. Yeah. yeah. Dictator dick, like yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, so he was responsible. So he's like, you know, this proud dictator, and he's, mm-hmm. you know, look at my nation, look how strong we are. Um, he was the dude that arranged the rumble in the jungle. Right. So, you know, the Muhammad Ali George Foreman fight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that was in Zaire, and he was, ah. Mabutu was responsible for getting that all sorted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, flexing his muscles. Look at right. my great nation. Basically, what all the Saudis are doing now. Uh, I guess so, yeah. I mean, it's. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. It's They're like just sport, buying sports, sports more, washing. They? Yeah. Sports washing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, yeah, I guess. Um, just for a bit of context then. So mm-hmm. the, Zaire, the Zaire players um, at the time were, it was a performance-based salary. Right. Yeah, so they didn't have a fixed salary. Um, it was just how well you do. You get, you do well, you get more. Um, and now that you know they've had like great success, so the Afcon and qualifying for the World Cup, and this Mobutu is like throwing gifts at him and just yeah, giving yeah. him loads of money, like well done lads, this is all it. So, given it was the World Cup, I mean you can kind of forgive him for going right. We're in the World Cup now. I'm expecting a, a, a shitload of money, like yeah. But yeah, they they didn't get anything, nothing. What happened was there was a, a fund set up, so this fund sort of everyone sort of put in a big pot, and that was for the trip for the staff for the players to go there to the World Cup, mm-hmm. and then naturally, <laughs> diplomats, the dudes, diplomats, you know these like not politicians who just fucking rock up and like oh yeah, yeah I love football, so they, yeah they sort of all went went along. Mm-hmm. And but then after the first game against Scotland, like the players were like, "Oh, can we have some like money for like food and that?" <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and they just went, "Oh, it's all gone. Fucking hell. We haven't got any money left." So naturally, the players were kind of well, fuck off then. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're like not playing, and they, yeah. they said, "Oh, you th- like this is 1974 as well." So think about it. Like 
communication isn't great. Yeah. You know, they can't speak to their families. They've not seen their families for two months. Right. And they're basically being asked to play football for free. Mm-hmm. This is their livelihoods, their jobs. Basically, lads, you've got no money. No, you can't phone your families. Mm-hmm. Oh, you've got a game against Yugoslavia. Yeah. And the players just said, well, we're not playing. Really? There's absolutely no, no way we're playing. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, how do you think that went down <laughs> to this dictator who's this, this proud dictator who's so proud of his nation? Is, you know, you can imagine, can't you? Like say he was a bit pissed off, yeah. Yeah, he was a bit pissed off, yeah. So mm-hmm. they he said to them, Look, if you don't play, I'm gonna put you all in prison. <laughs> Basically. It's fucking crack, isn't it? Yeah. Like, like yeah, if you don't play, you're going to prison, you know, and you'll never see your family again. Mm-hmm. We're not talking like you know, British open prisons. Mm-hmm. We're probably talking sort of hard labour here, you know. So and then like FIFA as well, they were in a bit of a panic because mm-hmm. this is their sort of prestige tournament and one of the teams is going, no, we're, we're not doing it, man. We're not playing. So they're putting pressure on the players. Yeah. The president's putting pressure on the players. Um, so they go, right, okay. They, they finally crack and say, okay, we'll play Yugoslavia. Mm-hmm. They, 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 well, they, might, they, they might as well just stayed in the dressing room, to be honest. So they did play, mm-hmm. uh, but they got thumped 9-0. 9-0. Jesus. Yeah, so it seems like it was a bit of a protest performance. I don't yeah. think they tried really. See, that's um, really annoying because I looked at that group, and Scotland, Yugoslavia, and Brazil all had four points. Scotland <laughs> went out on goal difference by one goal. Right. Well, you've got uh, this. Uh, so if they'd have tried, we yeah. might, we might have, might not have gone out. We went out on goal difference, one goal. One goal. So if it was One like, goal. yeah, eight nil. So the nine nil. It's just like a, it's um, the biggest defeat of all time yeah. in a World Cup. It, well, it jointly with Hungary yeah. beating uh, South Korea in nineteen fifty four. So if it was just eight nil. Well, to be fair, it was Brazil that had that one goal more than us. So. Oh right, right. Okay. Yeah, Yugoslavia topped the group. So yeah, this uh, mm. the Butu like proper f- fucked up Scotland there. Yeah. What we could have done is with them not trying against Scotland. And then they got a few more goals. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, so they got thumped 9-0. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, Mobutu went absolutely apeshit. Like, you know, like, if you, you know, he, he saw it as a national humiliation, a personal humiliation. Yeah. He, he started to take it personally. And he said to the players then, if you lose by three goals or more against mm-hmm. Brazil, you're not coming home. Right, like I'm not going to let you back into the country. You'll never see your family again. Yeah, I mean there are reports that it was by five goals, but I, right, yeah, we're not too sure. It was see, three or five. If they hadn't have played against Yugoslavia, Yugoslavia would have been awarded a three-nil win. Well, yeah, so it so that would have been better than and the Scotland. Win. Scotland would have gone through. Yeah, <laughs> that, I mean, from Zaire's point of view, they'd have been better not turning up than turning up and losing nine-nil. I guess so. I think it might have been a bit of a protest. Though. Yeah. Oh. Was was that rule in place though then in 1974? So it might have been different. Who knows? Yeah. Um, so yeah. So don't lose by three goals. If you lose by three goals, uh, more than three goals, sorry, mm-hmm. uh, you're basically not allowed back in your home country. And this guy is bonkers, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they did play Brazil, mm-hmm. uh, and this is the, the famous game. Yeah. So mm-hmm. and they lost three nil. Right. So right on the money, right, you know. So they, they, they were lucky and they <laughs> did manage to get home. See, I wonder if they had a word with Brazil and Brazil were like, right, we only need to score three and then we're a goal ahead of Scotland. <laughs> you don't want us to score more than three. 
So we'll just play so, it, just take yeah. it easy on you. You let us score three, we'll beat Scotland, and then then you don't get killed. <laughs> yeah. And your family is going to that. No, surely football's not corrupt, is it? Nah, definitely not. Definitely not. So this is this is the game with the famous world um, three kick. Yeah. It was the Brazil game, as you mentioned. Um, so it's Wepe uh, Ilunga. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was one of the more vocal members of the team. You know, he was fuming. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you've seen, the clip's readily available for anybody. Perhaps you can put it on the Facebook page. I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And Brazil have a free kick on the edge of the box, the IU box. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone's getting setting up, setting up the wall. The free kicks, the free kick takers are discussing who's going to take it. Then this guy just runs out of the wall and just absolutely blasts the spot. And like you know, it, <laughs> the way he hits it though, yeah, I think it's just pure rage. <laughs> yeah, when when you. When you read this and you see the context behind it, and you, see, mm-hmm. and you start to understand why he's done it, mm-hmm. he's run out and just gone fuck off, <laughs> and just completely leathered it. Yeah, it makes all a lot more sense now. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So was he, he just he, disrupting the game, or he, he said later on he just he wanted to get sent off, right? So just as like a final act of defiance, yeah. they knew they were going home, mm-hmm. you know, and they were just absolutely fuming, right? And he just, I just wanted to leave the pitch. I just had enough. Like you know, it was just horrendous. This was supposed to be a celebration of African football, you know. They've yeah. done so well to get there, and and it had all just been taken away from them so quickly, <clears throat> just because of this dickhead dictator. Yeah. So he's just said, ah, that was it." You know. Have you seen the wee clip at the fairground where the boy goes to the thing where you got to like score a goal? Yeah, yeah. I think I said <laughs> and yeah, he just absolutely yeah. blooters it over like the <laughs> all the other rides. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a similar sort of thing. Yeah, he just absolutely yeah. hammered it. Um. So yeah, so that's the context, that's mm-hmm. the background. But for years and years and years, there's just been this misconception that mm-hmm. these players didn't know the rules. Yeah. You know, so you know, a, a player who played for one of the biggest teams in Zaire at club mm-hmm. level, uh, he recently won the Africa Cup of Nations. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that point, he'd had 21 caps uh, in one of the best national teams in the con- in the continent at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but he didn't know the rules. It's you know, it's mad, isn't it? Like it's it mad. is. Yeah, like, it's like I, I, I keep I keep saying it. It's just this kind of crazy Africans. Yeah, yeah, thing. yeah. The, just, just like a stereotypical view of like the African yeah. player, particularly back then as well in like the seventies. That yeah, yeah, you know, they were they, a bit thick. You know, mm-hmm. lacked intelligence. Um, you but know, I, I think, think that view was quite common then. I, I mean, I dare I say it? Like, I think <clears> it, 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 it's still. A view that some horrible people still hold today. Yeah, I think more so like then, I guess. But then, like, so Canada also played in that tournament, right? Yeah. Now they're not like a great footballing nation, right? No. But imagine if like a white Canadian player just ran out the wall and blasted the ball. You wouldn't instantly go look at the state of him. He doesn't know the rules. Everyone would say, I wonder why he did that. Exactly, yeah. Everyone would go, that's a bit weird. Like, what's going on in his head? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's just weird that there's the two two sides to the coin. Like, you know, the white player, oh, that's a bit weird. There must be something going on. A bit mad there. Mm -hmm. The black player, fucking hell. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't know what's going on in him. Like, he's just trying it really weird. Like, just funny. Well, not funny. It's the wrong word, isn't it? Mm -hmm. But, um,
I just find it weird that like, these are the stories that hit the headlines, you yeah. know, when, when we're talking about Afghan, African football, things like that. Like, Afghan, right? It's this competition, he's got a competition that has a team like Nigeria, right? Like mm-hmm. an industrial powerhouse. Yeah, right? yeah. It's got some of the best players in the world. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but the Na- uh, Napoli striker. Apparently, he's, he's sought after, he's got a great strike record. Now, in this tournament, they're playing against a nation called Cape Verde. Mm-hmm. Their population's smaller than Sheffield. <laughs> They've got a player who plays for Shamrock Rovers playing for them. Yeah. Like, that's a well more interesting story than some dude that's got a made-up birth certificate. Yeah, true, true. true. No, but, but which one have you heard more about recently, though? <laughs> yeah, it's just the daft one, isn't it? Absolutely, and like they meet the media, they miss stories like say mm-hmm. like Zambia in 1994, they got to the final. Yeah, right? Zambia, tiny nation, they beat Senegal, Mali, Ivory Coast, and they only just lost out to Nigeria in the final. Mm-hmm. Right, but this is less than a year after their entire squad was killed in a plane crash. Yeah, that's what a story, right? At 96, South Africa won it, and this mm-hmm. like two years just after the apartheid had been abolished. Yeah, yeah, um, and then. Even in last in the last Afcon, um, Gambia they got to the quarter final. This is the mm-hmm. tournament debut. Um, they got to the quarter final. It's got a population of less than three million, mm-hmm. and it had two free agents in the squad and two League Two players. <laughs> this is an international tournament, right? Yeah. These are the stories that should be hitting the headline. It's just this narrative that really sort of mm-hmm. bothers me. Like you know, so in the opening game, I. I rushed over this i probably should have looked into more into it so there was a bit of a controversy so i think the ref blew his final whistle on the 85th minute yeah then everyone kicked off like what are you doing so, so he's like oh sorry and then restarted the game and then blew it on the, on the 90th so it's all that actually yeah yeah i can't remember exactly what happened but it was mm-hmm. something along those lines and that was just picked up on immediately yeah like, you know it was in all the papers look at the state of this like referee doesn't know what he's doing mm-hmm do you remember in like the World Cup? Was it like twenty twelve or something? Um, English referee Graham Paul he gave a, three yellow cards to a yes, player. yeah. Was it uh, Graham Paul? It, it was, yeah, yeah. It wasn't it was, Howard Webb? No, no, I thought it was Howard Webb as well. No, but yeah. I, I did look it up. Um, yeah, so like, this was Croatia against Australia, and he gave three um, yellow three cards yellows, to, yeah. to a Croatian player. That's a bad fuck up. That yeah, you know that's. That's worse than blowing the whistle five minutes early and then yeah. going, oh, I've made a mistake. But I that... read something like he hadn't... They used two watches or something and something had happened and he kind of just had to have a stab at it. and <laughs> Just have a guess. Like, yeah. like, yeah, another five minutes, mate. But like... Oh, with the, oh, the Afghan guy, right? Yeah, it was, like a te- it was like a technology fail or something. Right. It wasn't... He didn't go 85 minutes right or blow the whistle. Yeah, was, yeah. There was that's a, that's a break how, how it was portrayed. Yeah. But Graham Paul on the other hand, mm. completely fucked up and yeah. issued three three yellow cards. That was, I mean, it was a bit of a thing at the time, but it was a bit like, oh, <laughs> oh silly, wasn't it? You know, I know nothing. You know, nothing people really talk about happened, did it? it no, was... no, no, it was never, never. It was just a bit of, of a paragraph in a in a match report or something. Yeah. Whereas this is like a big look at the state of this referee. That's my. I don't know. I might be wrong. That's just my view. That's my yeah. opinion, right? You know. Um, you know, and people talk about corruption in African football, but mm-hmm. the state of Seth Blatter. Yeah. Like, he's, I don't think he's allowed a football in his house. He's so corrupt. 
he's not allowed anywhere near a football anymore. The thing about like Sepp Blatter is the World Cup in Qatar. The whole world sat there going, this is corrupt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's there with like, like, a big pile of money. It's like, why? Why is this tiny little nation that has nothing to do with football getting the World Cup other than someone's put a load of money in someone's pocket? That's, uh, yeah, and everyone now, knew it. And everyone credit knew to it. Qatar, they did it fine, but there's countries, there's African countries that should host it, there's South American countries, there's, yeah, you yeah, know, look at the European it. countries. Why is, you know, England the home of football, the stadiums they've got, and Qatar a building in a world where we're supposed to be looking after the environment, the knocking up stadiums that will never be used again. Air, air cons, air conditioned yeah. stadiums, air cons in the middle of the desert, and you know, and then it got like so far down the line, they were like, "Oh yeah, it gets pretty hot in the summer mm-hmm. in the desert, doesn't it?" Yeah, yeah I thought, like, like South Africa, what a wonderful idea, bring football to South Africa. That that was a to me that was a great idea for a World Cup. Given African Vuvu sailors though. Oh yeah, that was. <laughs> they should have banned that. Didn't Nelson Mandela, his granddaughter died driving home from the opening night. Really, didn't know that. Yeah, uh, there was the opening game, and on the way home, his granddaughter was in a car crash, and I still feel shit to this day because that was such a massive thing for him. Mm. And on the first day, it was ruined. Just, uh, I didn't know that. Got killed in a car crash on the way home from the, the opening night. God, right. Um, put a downer on my night. Yeah. I was just going to say one more point before yeah, I sort of conclude. I know I've just, this has been proper ranty, this. I know, I'm sorry. I know. But I just, I did the research and stuff, and I just started getting a bit annoyed about it. Yeah. It's just a point about the way that the players and that are portrayed, right? Mm-hmm. So, in the UK, or like European football, if a player makes a mistake, so say Virgil van Dijk gets put on his ass and someone goes around him and scores a goal. Yeah. The pundits and everyone go, that's his mistake. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's made that error. You know, it's it was, he completely fucked up. It's all down to him. Mm-hmm. I find that when it's like Afcon, mm-hmm. if a goalkeeper makes a mistake, for example, in a game, perhaps you know he, he completely fluffs his lines and lets in something for like forty-five yards or something ridiculous. Yeah. Immediately, it's like. Well, all the goalkeepers in Afghan are shit. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got terrible goalkeepers there. Of course, this is going to happen. It seems to be like the, the difference is like in Europe, you blame the player. Yeah. Whereas when it comes to like Afghan and the African teams, the, 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 the one mistake complete completely undermines the entire tournament. Yeah, but yeah. That's the view I've, I've had. So James, Afcon, um, your information's been really, actually, quite quite interesting. Uh, I think you've raised some some fantastic points. Um, so, but tell me, what's what's dangerous about it? Dangerous about Afcon? Yeah, this is the most dangerous um, podcast. So. Nothing's dangerous about Afcon. <laughs> it's a football tournament. It's twenty-two blokes kicking a football around. Yeah, there might be an injury. There might be mm-hmm. a, a riot in the stands. But the actual tournament itself, there's nothing dangerous about it. But, but, okay. What is dangerous? Mm-hmm. I think what is dangerous about Afcon is the media-driven narrative behind mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I think, and like 
I'm going to get pelters for this, and I'm sorry, I'm not accusing anybody, and I'm not calling out anybody or anything like that, but I think there's like a, almost an unconscious racism mm-hmm. towards the tournament and towards African players and, and African teams. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying, oh, you, do you watch AFCON? No. Oh, you're racist. I'm not saying that at all. Yeah. I'm guilty of it myself. I'm the one that sent you that tweet about that guy's birth certificate. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just as guilty as anybody else. But what concerns me and what I find quite dangerous is media driven, particularly right wing media driven narratives about they're not as good as us. Mm-hmm. This is a tournament that disrupts our great Premier League, you know, and I think that whilst the tournament itself isn't dangerous, naturally, mm-hmm. there is a dangerous underside or dangerous narrative again to mm-hmm. this tournament, which I think we just need to be uh, wary of, really. And I know I've, I've been I've been on a rant. I know I understand that. Yeah. And I'm sorry, and I'm, and people can give me shit or whatever. But I that's what I've discovered mm-hmm. whilst reviewing this because I didn't know what to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Afcon. When Sean suggested do Afcon, it took me a week to think oh, what am I going to do it on. And the more I went into it, and the more I researched it, and the more I went in deeper, mm-hmm. it seemed that every story about it. There's a negative one. Yeah. There's no positivity about it's a it's a wonderful continent. It's so mm-hmm. diverse. There's so many different countries, languages, like I said at the very beginning. But everything seems to be shit. Africa Af- Afcon gets in the yeah. way of our league. And it, it's awful football. They don't know the rules. You know, all this shit. And that's what I find dangerous about it. So Afcon, watch it. It's good. Yeah, it's not dangerous at all. It's good. Enjoy it. Yeah, it's fun. I think I, I just got a message off my mate actually, and uh, Mo Salah's been taken off injured. Oh, has he? Shit. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. It doesn't ever get injured though, which is hamstring apparently. That's it. That's kind of good though, because it means he'll come home and then right, <laughs> <laughs> it's a couple of weeks out and he's back for us. Get in, win the league. But no, that's been been a really interesting podcast. Yeah, well, thanks for listening to it. My ramblings, like I say, I'm sorry. I don't mean to offend anybody, and I'm not mm-hmm. saying that anybody's you know, racist or deliberately racist. Yeah. I just think I think it's fed into us so much that it's like I said before, it's unconscious, and yeah. we just automatically go, "I've got what a joke." Well, I've enjoyed that, James. Good. I'm glad you did. Sorry, I need I need to catch a breath, <laughs> smash some things up. So are we done? We're done. Yes, thank you. I hope you're feeling better. I'm getting there, yeah. Um, I'm not really working tomorrow. Um, Good. I'm, I'm, I'm at home with a boy all day, so that's yeah, working and itself. Isn't not really working over the weekend, so hopefully by Monday I'll be ready to properly work again instead of half yeah. working. It's like one of them, isn't it? When you're sick, like when yeah. you're working, you're like, oh, I wish I wasn't there. But then when you're sick, you're kind of like, I'd rather, rather not be sick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd rather be working properly then but the thing is i didn't get to not work i still had to work just feeling like shit i've probably infected quite a lot of people this week (laughs) spreading the love very irresponsible of me all right well i'll let you go yeah and uh we're doing uh, well we'll back next week don't know what we're doing yet yeah i know we'll we'll be doing something definitely Um, no more clip shows promise All right, um, good night, everyone. Good night. That was the most dangerous podcast, and that was AFCON. Bye.